Hi there. Welcome to What's She Watching podcast. I'm Shelly. I'm Andra. And we're very excited that you're here with us. Um, we are looking forward to sharing um, our love for movies with you and everything about them. That's right. We have been friends for going on, what is it, Shelly? Three decades. Three, three decades. decades. 30 years. Three decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a three zero. Yeah. And we have been talking about films for 30 years straight. For 30 years. Ever since. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just... Our connection was immediate, right? It was immediate. With our... It was we, immediate. I think we were just kind of drawn to each other because we were both the kind of nerdy girls, but we also really, really loved talking about, you know, what went into movies, Hollywood, you know, mm -hmm. what was coming out, what music was coming out. We were really involved in the entertainment scene growing up, and um, yes. <laughs> we just, we were best pals instantly. Yes, we were. We were at the movies constantly in the 90s. I mean, we were children of the 80s mm -hmm. and the 90s. Mm -hmm. Our most formative years were spent at the movie theater. If we were not at the movie theater, we were at somebody's house after having rented, rented a, movie. a movie, a VHS yes. tape. VHS or DVD later maybe on maybe DVDs yeah but yes we usually were at somebody's house watching movies or at the yes, theater we were yes that was our life yes. um we grew up in kind of a smallish town and so that was that was what there was to do so that's what we did and yeah. we um consider ourselves experts <laughs> so <laughs> um we're really excited Only that you're here yeah. to talk Yes, we're excited. Um, we hope you'll listen, share if you like it. Keep mm -hmm. listening. Um, we've talked about this. A goal of this podcast is just for fellow movie fans, nerds, cinephiles, if you will, mm -hmm. to come. Uh, I know that big word. Anyway, to come join us um, find connection um, Maybe you feel like kind of alone like we did when we were growing up. We, you know, we found that connection with each other. So I hope you'll find that with this podcast. Absolutely. And we just, you know, if you know somebody that's a crazy movie buff or they always like to quote films or whatever, you know, this is the place for them because um, that's what we do. We talk about any and all kinds of movies, TV shows, what have you. And we've, we always have. We love um, talking Always. about the the actors and actresses and what goes into making them, what goes on behind the scenes and, you know, the stories. Um, we're really into the stories of the movies. So um, that's that's really what we're about. Right. And mm -hmm. we're excited you're here. Okay. So the first we discussed too, what should be our first episode? Mm -hmm. Episodes. And we decided that we should do the movies uh, we're going to pick four movies, so it'll be like a month of mm -hmm. our four picks individually. Um, and we are going to discuss these movies. These are the movies that we feel like kind of uh, impacted us when we watched them back in the day um, mm -hmm. that helped form our <clears throat> love and passion for movies. And so here we are. The first episode we're discussing Shelly, which movie are you discussing? <laughs> We're going to get right into it. Um, and, and 
you know, you'll see as we go along, Andrew and I have, we, we have a lot in common, but we also have some differing tastes. <laughs> and I think whenever you see our movie picks, you're going to be like, oh, okay. But, you yeah. know, we just love the art and uh, the art of filmmaking in general. So um, my first movie I chose is one of my all time favorites. And um, that is Silence of the Lambs um, from 1991 starring Jodie Foster as agent Clarice Starling and Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal the Cannibal. So if you haven't watched this, first of all, go watch it. Not because it's a cultural phenomenon, which it is. Not because I told you to, which I did. Not because it's got an amazing cast, which it does. But because it's just a great movie. And it won five oscars the year it came out um and not just any five oscars it won you know the big five it won uh best picture best actor in a leading role best actress in a leading role best director and best writing which i mean that's the big five yeah it's the big five it's like a you know i i would love to make her a sports reference but i can't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh that's like winning the world series right Yes. Maybe undefeated? Yes. Like if you'd won all the games in the World Series? I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's big. It's a big accomplishment. I don't it's think many movies in, in Oscar history have uh, There have, have that been claim. a handful of movies mm-hmm. that can claim that they've won, you know, those awards. And I think the fact that um, this is a movie of the horror genre, if you will, or thriller, whatever, um, I, I definitely think it's a horror. Um I think that makes it even more interesting and intriguing to watch um, because it it was made so well and um, so well. Yeah. So we're just going to we're going to get into this one. Um, and I, I just very briefly before we do, I just want to say if you haven't watched it, we are going to talk about it. So there will be spoilers if you still want to watch it. Maybe pause here and come back later. If cannibals <laughs> and serial killers <laughs> Or not your thing. I get it. Uh, you can move on forward to Andrew's, uh, Andrew's movie, which is... But you, know, you shouldn't. Well, you shouldn't. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Because no. um, we're going to have some good input here. Um, <laughs> but really, it's it's a great flick. Um, the, the movie is about, you know, Clarice Starling, who really is the main character. I think that gets overshadowed a lot. But Clarice mm-hmm. Starling is the main character of this movie. She is a um, FBI cadet. She's at the top of her class. She gets put on a special assignment by her director um, to go visit Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter. And um, she is hopeful that um, with Hannibal's help that they can catch this serial killer that is running loose named Buffalo Bill. And Mm. Buffalo Bill (laughs) likes, (laughs) he got his name because he likes to skin women and um yeah we'll see why later but he's you know that's buffalo bill and uh Mm -hmm. jody jody sorry clarice excuse me agent agent starling really agent starling kind of gets um swept up in this because um hannibal's you know a manipulative psychopath and so Mm -hmm. um she gets swept up she goes and and confers with with Lecter, she she helps um, find 
um, another kidnapping victim of Buffalo Bills right in the nick of time. Um, if y'all have, have seen it or have seen clips of it, you will know that kidnapping victim ends up in a pit where, uh, our Buffalo Bill character tells her it puts the lotion on its skin. And, um, <laughs> it's just, it's a scene for the ages. So, um, that happens. She comes in, she saves the day. She's amazing. Um, that's a brief overview. There is a lot more to that plot. Yes. But it. If we were to go through it, it would probably take up a day. So we're yeah. not going to. But that's that's the overall gist. Um, and it's it's one of my, my favorite movies because um, it was so socially accepted. <laughs> I mean, when you have a movie that wins five Oscars and everybody's seen it, but it's of subject material that's weird and creepy. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it when we bring weird and creepy into the mainstream. Um, right. And this one is like the weirdest and the creepiest. So mm -hmm. one reason For why sure. it's my favorite. For sure. I feel like only of recent years, I think there was a long streak of Oscars winners that were maybe typical Oscar winning movies. Mm -hmm. um, for a very long time and this yeah. definitely was not a typical movie that would be honored by mm -hmm. the academy exactly exactly mm -hmm. and it was honored for many different reasons but um you know it had a large cultural impact um it, it, i dare you to find somebody who has not quoted hannibal lecter at one point in his life um yeah iconic iconic lines just absolutely iconic lines and did you know, Andrew, he was only on screen for 22 minutes and 45 seconds. 22 minutes. You wouldn't, you, when you think about that movie, you just think that he's in most scenes of the movie. But having rewatched it just recently for this pod, um, yeah, he, he disappears for a while. Mm -hmm. But, but those he's, scenes he's that still he in has, your head. <laughs> yes. The scenes that he has, and they're mainly with Jodie Foster. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, those. Yeah, two. they're pretty powerful. They're pretty Goodness. powerful scenes, and he's he's one that is really good at. Um, I, I love Anthony Hopkins, and um, oh yeah, I've got I've got a coworker who was making fun of me uh, the other day for for loving Anthony Hopkins. He's like, don't you watch anything fun or not depressing? I'm like, well, yeah. But Anthony Hopkins is still a legend. He's still he was an in, acting legend. What did I say he was in? He was in Transformers. Oh, yeah. And I haven't... I Four. think I saw the first one. I don't know which one it is. But I know he was in one of the Transformers. And he's been in some other things. But, yeah, he plays a pretty good villain. And this role mm -hmm. was chilling. So The ultimate. I mean, he's one of the best all-time villains, don't you think? I, I would history. I would say so, and um, I think one of my favorite things about his his um, power is that he can just stand and stare at you, and um, that's enough. That's enough to make you want to leave. Yeah, it's <laughs> like away. his whole. I mean, it's something in his whole body that he does in this movie, and it's mm -hmm. just creepy. And those those blue blue piercing eyes that it I does think have make those creepier piercing eyes and um yes. he, he mentioned in, a, in an interview one time he did he said um you know i had a friend and he was a great man he he just rarely blinked 
And um, mm. he was like, that is very unnerving. <laughs> so <laughs> he tried to channel that. And he also studied reptiles for this part, which I think is hilarious. Mm. He said, you know, reptiles are, <laughs> are deadly. And um, he, he liked the way they moved. And he felt like um, Hannibal Lecter was pretty cold-blooded. So I think I think he got his effect across pretty well. I think so too. Like, yeah, the embodiment of like a snake, really. No, he really is. He is. Yeah. He will. He'll Your literally pet. eat you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Nice Chianti. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so Silence of the Lambs, great movie. Um, I've loved it for ages. Um. Jodie Foster is one of my favorite actresses of all time. Uh, this yeah. movie, um, the way she portrayed herself in this movie was like very impactful. Um, I, I think it, it was, it was impactful to me, but also to society because um, I don't know if, if any of our listeners know this, but she was this, this role of Clarice Starling was kind of a um, inspiration for the role of um, Dana Scully on the X-Files, which X-Files. is amazing. And um, yes, is. that has had an, another lasting impact on um, the the female youth of America. Um, there is what we call the Scully effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And it really just kind of encourages girls to go into STEM, go into science, mm-hmm. go into these fields that might be a little bit more de- male dominated um, due to the fact that boys were always encouraged to go into those fields. And so um, when, when you see roles like Clarice Starling and Dana Scully, you know, these smart, intelligent, hardworking women um, doing the same job as men, it's really empowering um, saying, okay, well, I don't, you know, I can do that. That is, that is a job that I could do also. So that was something that was very powerful to me. Yeah, especially 1991 that, yes. um, I don't know, it just wasn't, this character just was not seen much in mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and if for her to be the lead of this movie, you know, the yes. one that is the hero that solves the case, mm-hmm. that saves another woman, um, is mm-hmm. also huge. Very very huge, very, you know, major for, for a lot of people, I think, um, you know, Jodie Foster, <clears throat> she's, she's not a tall woman. She's very small. She's very petite. And I think a lot of the, um, camera angles and, you know, the perspectives and filming the way Jonathan Dem really, um, made us see things from her, her point of view, her perspective was really, you know, something worth seeing uh, you you see her walking through this hall full of men and you know just people that are all, all taller than her mm-hmm. um in the fbi going to see jack crawford's office you know that's that's kind of the okay um this is my perspective I've, it's a little bit intimidating um you know we see it, we see her perspective of course with with hannibal lecter we see her perspective when um you know, she's about to walk in there. And I think, I think really getting in her shoes is, is very, a very big part of this film. Yeah. So much of it, so much of the shots are taken like from behind, like you're walking Mm -hmm. with her. 
mm-hmm. um, down a, down the hall or down the jail. But then it cuts to a lot of scenes of just her face, um, mm-hmm. and Jodie Foster can convey so much with her face. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to say anything, but you just know because she is amazing. Absolutely. Like you know, she's terrified in a lot of these scenes that she has. But yes. it's like she's terrified, but she's determined at the same time. And Jody can just convey that on her face. Well, and I feel like the reason she and Anthony Hopkins won these awards was because they are those actors that have that depth, and they are able to kind of reach out to the audience and make. Yeah. you feel relatable to their to their um role like you yeah. you can feel what it feels like to be her you, you wouldn't want to be in that situation you know no. you you kind of feel kind of helpless and just really the fact that they can do so much without speaking mm-hmm. um and it's really just as you know huge as any kind of dialogue that they could say yeah. i think that's really important too I think so too. Um, Jonathan Dim, what other movies has he? He was pretty prolific director for Jonathan a while. Jonathan Dim was he? a prolific director. He did pass um, not too long ago, but he he did several movies that you might have heard of. Um, one of those movies that was really great was also uh, Philadelphia with oh, Tom yeah. Hanks and Denzel and Antonio mm-hmm. Banderas. Um, he also directed. Three. Manchurian Candidate in 2004, the remake. Very good. Um, also, Denzel. And was, mm-hmm. was Meryl in that one? She was. Yes, she was. Yeah, Meryl. And then Meryl. Jonathan, we are on a first name basis with these. <laughs> they don't know it, but we know it. We, yeah. He also directed Oz, the show that was, I want to say it's on HBO. It was on HBO. It is. Okay. I think. He directed that, and he also directed that thing you do with Tom Hanks. I'm not going to sing. Yeah, I'm not either, but very great movie. (laughs) If you are Mm -hmm. a child of the 90s, you know that thing you do. And that might have been my first CD. I don't know. but Oh, you had the soundtrack, huh? I did, because it looked like a record. And he also, um, Jonathan Dem also paired up with his screenwriter Ted Talley on all the movies I just mentioned. So, you know, kind of a powerhouse, a big force going into this movie. And, um, you know, this movie was, was based off a series of books. Um, this was actually the second in the series. The first in the series was Manhunter. And, um, that, that was made into a movie in 86, but it was kind of a flop. Um, that is set before, you know, we see him in his glass cage of a prison cell. And mm-hmm. um, Manhunter kind of shows why he got into a glass, glass cage. Because <laughs> you don't want anything that he could use. <laughs> He's very resourceful. Very resourceful. Very. Very. Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple of questions for you about the movie. Okay. Yeah, shoot. Let's go. All right. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I want to say the first time I saw this, I was like 12 or 13. Uh-huh. I was at a friend's house. Okay. Was it, it wasn't parental approved at the it time? It was not approved by the parents because I was no. 12 or 13. 
Now, yeah. and I think that's funny because I could read John Grisham novels. That was fine. <laughs> but, yeah. But watching The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. That was crossing. I, I get it. I get it. But still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was at somebody's house and they had it. And we were okay. like, did you know there's a cannibal in this? Let's watch it. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. I was hooked. Um, so you were hooked immediately by this movie. What was it about this movie that kind of hooked you? Well, it was, I've always been attracted to the strange and the weird uh-huh. and the scary. And it was scary mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't like it was scary or wasn't like you know jason or freddy krueger was scary because those were scary but this one was a different kind of scary and it also had you know i was a big fan of the original freaky friday with jodie foster a huge fan of that one and um you know she was i saw that she was in it and i was like she's she's a good actress she's in a lot of things that are really good i know this probably really good and then um yeah watching it i was like okay yeah she is she is awesome i want to be that yes Um, what do you think was the scariest like if you think about the movie what is the scariest scene to you in the movie there's a few but which which one we talked about this not too long ago um there's so many because you, you, what's your scariest? You, you said, well, the basement scene at the, the end basement the scene finale. is very scary in the way that when you see like she's, she goes down, she realizes where she's at. Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like she puts it together that she is at Buffalo Bills, who she's been looking mm-hmm. for. And that, um, you kind of see that terror on her face, but then there's a moment where you see like a like a very decaying body in a bathtub down in the yeah. basement. And it's and just then all about of a sudden ten seconds. The lights. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the lights go out. It's pitch and black. You're stuck and down there with that. You're stuck. And then the night vision goggles that mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill wears, those flip on. And so mm-hmm. you're seeing it from his point of view. And so you're seeing Jodie Foster just like she can't see, of course. And well, it's I just terrifying. That is terrifying, knowing that he can see her. She doesn't know that he can see him and that he's grabbing out, reaching for her hair. That is horrifying. That always scared horrifying. the tar out of me. And I was yeah. like, okay, there's going to be somebody with night vision goggles. But I think really the biggest impact of that scene was the fact that they didn't have to show much for very long. Oh, they showed right. stuff and it was quick, but... Mm-hmm. It got its point across. And it sure um, did. That's one thing I love about, you know, horror, smart horror movies like this. Yes. Um, you know, Hitchcock, um, mm-hmm. it, there's M. Night Shyamalan, there's so many I could name, but that really just, you don't have to show everything because if you give yeah. that little seedling of fear, it's going to grow, you know, yeah. w- with your head. And mm-hmm. as soon as the lights cut off, that was terrifying to me. Um, terrifying. I would have to say, though, that one was my second scariest. Okay. The first scariest was when he cut the cut the guy's face off and uh, oh. decided to wear it out on a stretcher because it, yeah. you weren't expect you knew something was coming mm-hmm. because he had he had like a little sliver of a pin that he had stolen from Doctor Chilton, and um, 
I remember thinking, what's he going to do with that? He's going to kill somebody with that. I know he was going to pick the lock with it, but still the fact that he had the forethought to do that. If I were in a, no, I would, no, it just, it's amazing. And then he, he does what he does. So that to me was absolutely terrible because they had no idea what was coming. No, that's idea. the scene that, that is the scene where you see the guard like hanging mm-hmm. pretty much like almost like an angel. He is kind and of it like, has, an like angel. the lights and the that, lights that, through. that scene, the whole setup was um, inspired by a painting and um, I need to find it because, you know, Hannibal Lecter was kind of a um, Epicurean. He really liked fine things. He loved Bon Appetit magazine, obviously. And he loved, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all sorts of stuff that normal people don't, but he was like a gourmand. He, He liked, yeah, you know, art, music, Mozart, um, Florence. Well, he liked and, a, a nice Chianti. He liked a nice Chianti with some fava beans. Chianti. But he also, he also used that art to send messages. And um, you see that if you, if you read the books and if you, if you watch the sequels to this, you'll see that he uses different parts of culture and mm-hmm. art to get his um, point across. <laughs> disgusting and terrifying point across what do you think has aged the best in this movie what's the lasting impact of this movie well i'm gonna have to go with of course women in the fbi because yeah they they the fbi actually used this film as recruitment for wow the fbi to say hey um girls please join the fbi we need women um, and look at Clarice. She can do it. You can do it too. Exactly. And they, you know, the actors went through rigorous training with FBI um, you know, member uh, agents, FBI, and I can't speak y'all, FBI, okay. uh, uh, what are they called? FBI agents. And she, you know, they, they each had like a consultant. And I think that makes, I think that's what makes it scary is because it's so accurate and realistic and yet these things happen right um but i think yeah the 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 fact that you know and it's kind of an underdog movie she's not expected to do what she needs to do because she's a cadet right um but Mm -hmm. she does and that to me is very important what do you think your favorite scene in the whole movie is Hmm. See, I love the scene in the basement because that's like, (laughs) I was like, let's, (laughs) let's go. When I have so many scenes that I love. I love when they Mm -hmm. first meet. I love when it's just, you know, she and Lecter talking. Um, Because there, there's so much going on there. There's so much going on in that dialogue and there's so much manipulation and just, you see the Mm. psychopath. You like he's yeah yeah and as a society we kind of glorify serial killers and mm-hmm. y- you see that with this movie everybody thinks Hannibal Lecter well Jodie Foster was actually the main character but yeah. we we glorify the <laughs> the insane killer man because <laughs> it's interesting and it, it it piques our interest but um you know I I really the last scene just it gets my 
my heart pumping because I'm like, she, <laughs> she knows. And they realize mm-hmm. that at the same time that she's where she needs yeah. to be. And then when, when it's cutting back and forth with her and Buffalo Bill at the mm-hmm. end, and then um, Jack Crawford and his crew, after she had told them, I think this is the guy. And he's like, no, we're, we're on our way. And they show up to an empty house, you know, in that minute, yeah. it's like the writing and the yeah. directing, the suspense is on point because you're building so much. You're like, okay, mm. she's showing up. We know who this is. She doesn't know who this is. So there's some irony there. Then you've got, you know, Jack thinking he's going to go and save the day. And he's actually leaving her out to dry again. And, you know, she still, she still is able to save the senator's daughter and dog, <laughs> Precious. And the precious little, yes, Precious, the dog. Precious. Was so She's able to save. I was really precious. glad. Precious yes. kind of reminds me of your, your baby. Me too. I love your baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Precious still lives thanks to um, Clarice Starling. And yes, um, thank you, Clarice. Yeah, yes. she does that and she kills Buffalo Bill. So there you go. That was, I mean, and it was, I mean, it was really gross, but it was still pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Anytime you get a glimpse into some kind of freak, freaky person, like mm-hmm. who is doing these things that they, they have some kind of insane rationale yeah. for, it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's interesting to look at, you know. Um, yeah, because you just can't. You really can't imagine where somebody's head would be. No. Um, who would do things like no. this? And that's I, I. I love the scene where, um, you know, she's in the storage unit, and um, you see all of these little pieces of Lecter's personality. You're like, okay, there's all these dresses. There's. There's this old fashioned car. You can tell he was just a man of style and class and elegance, but he was also incredibly like just vicious in the way he toyed with people. And he just didn't, he he truly wanted the finest things in life for himself Mm -hmm. and nobody Mm -hmm. else. And um, for some reason though, you know, he, he did love Clarice you know, I, I feel like that was more of a a um, paternal type of love. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that that's interesting. Um, mm. What he viewed her as, right? Um, so, asking about the impact, is there anything in this that you just think hasn't aged well? <sighs> yes. And I, it's been, it's been discussed a lot mm-hmm. ad nauseum, but yeah, it is important to say, um, you know, the, the trans phobia that came out mm-hmm. of this film yeah. was unintended, but it, mm-hmm. it, it happened. And that's a consequence, whether you intend for it to happen or not. And right. I feel like, um, all, all the articles I've read, I've read one, um, Hollywood reporter that's mm-hmm. really good about Jonathan Dem, And then about in Vox magazine about um, silence of the lambs and the cultural impact it had. And, um, you know, Jonathan Dem spent most of his life saying, I, that's not what I intended. I really, I really am a voice for LGBTQ communities. And um, we tried yeah. to separate the fact that, you know, 
you know, Jody does have this conversation with Lecter about how transgender does not, you know, if you, if you are struggling with trans, not struggling, but if you are, you know, have these identifying, yeah, identifying with transgender, that does not Mm -hmm. make you more violent. And I mean, they confirm that, but we don't remember that. We remember Ted Levine (laughs) (laughs) jumping around as a woman in his flesh suit, you know, being, and they, and they use the, the verbiage transvestite, which when we were growing Mm -hmm. up, we heard that often. Yeah. That was the term that, that was the term. But now Mm -hmm. it's like, you hear that and you're like, Oh, um, that hasn't aged well. Yeah. Um, the rest, I feel like still holds pretty amazing. Oh yeah. (laughs) Holds up. (laughs) And a lot of people are like, well, there's a lot of, you know, misogyny. I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of misogyny in that because she, she, this was early nineties. Yeah. And she's, she's a woman in a, an FBI role. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I just think back to all the old crime shows we used to watch, like Dragnet and, you know, even yeah. like, um, what was it? Get Smart. Yeah. You know, they, yes, they always had smart. men and, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you just don't yeah. think of them. This was really like, Hey, there are actual women that exist in this workplace and they actually do things too, you know. Um, and then I think the movie does a great job of just portraying the sexism that she had to navigate mm-hmm. doing her job. I mean, practically in every scene that you see, you always see the men. But she's she's always in a room full of men. She's the only woman mm-hmm. in all the rooms that she goes into, and they're a room all full of mostly white men. Yeah, yes. and you can. It, and you can say, yes, that has gotten a lot better. It has in the 30 years that this has come out. You know, I can go in a, a, a workplace and see many women. Um, yeah. However, the, the way she navigates these conversations to me is so empowering. Um, yes. She's put down. She's asked out. She's, mm-hmm. she's dismissed. And she's just like, I'm still going to be assertive. I'm still going to do my job. Yes. And I, it commands respect to me. Um, I mean, she, she gets hit on by a creepy Dr. Chilton. Dr. Chilton. Dr. Chilton the is the scene. creepiest man I have. Like, Anthony yeah. Held is a wonderful actor. He is. Yes. And I, like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He probably is. I'm sure. I bet he is. You know? But, man, does he play a good creep. And. Yeah. The way she yeah. navigated that conversation is like it was awesome. She just she's like I'm here to do a job. I'm uh-huh. here to do my job. She's like not I, get hit you know, on. Just really showcasing good assertiveness that wasn't you know cliche, wasn't catty, wasn't rude, wasn't sassy. It was like this is my job and I need you to do it. I'm serious. <laughs> We're yes. dealing with a dead body. <laughs> Stop asking me out. There is a dead yes. person. Like. <laughs> Not the time right. or place. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Dr. I don't Chilton, understand. Not in a hundred years. No. I mean, we do know that at the end of the movie that Hannibal goes after Dr. Chilton, well, right? And that's kind of one of my It's kind of left open. I wanna I wanna say because we think the last we think the last line is um Clarice on the phone with, with Lecter saying, you know, I um 
hello, are you still there? After he says, I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner as he's mm. following Dr. Chilton. Yes. <laughs> which we know what that means. I love yes. his double entendre there. It's like, I know. yes, winning. But that's not actually the last line. The, actually, the last line, let me find it here. Okay. Is Dr. Chilton. And you have to, you have to turn it up because he's talking to like his, his little crew of people that he's with as he's fleeing yes. the United States to get away from right. Hannibal Lecter. Now that he knows <laughs> Hannibal Lecter has escaped. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he, he's talking to his little crew there and he's like, Hey, what? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Is the security system all set up? Thank you. I appreciate that. And then you just see the last, uh, the credits as the credits roll, you see him walking yeah. with his crew of, of protectors, Dr. Chilton. And then you see Hannibal Lecter in his white suit there he and is. hat, just mm-hmm. dapper. Yep. If walking yeah. through the crowd, like just following mm-hmm. his prey, like you can go wherever, but I'm Hannibal Lecter and I'm still going to eat you. He's gonna, <laughs> yes, he's gonna find you and eat you. I mean, he he will. Yeah, he'll find you and eat you. So, yes, just amazing. That is all. yes, that is all. Mm. It's an amazing pick, Shelley, for your first one. Thank you. And I think yes, I'm, you know that's. Pretty much sums up my personality. <laughs> Do you have uh, anything else you want to talk about that we may have skipped over or forgot or you know? Talk there about? are so many things I could talk about with this movie. We could we could have an entire podcast on this movie. So we could. I yep. could go on. I, I will just say, you know, this film grossed one hundred thirty million dollars at the box office. It was huge. Yeah. It was about about as much as Jaws or The Exorcist when it came out. Um, That's amazing. And it also premiered on Valentine's Day, which is amazing. <laughs> yes. That, so, I mean, that's on purpose for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But great cast. And I would encourage you if you, if you have watched Silence of the Lambs and you haven't watched Red Dragon or Hannibal, which are the two sequels, you – you should because they're very good they have all star cast too Jodie Foster didn't make it back because there was some contractual things with the script where they wanted Lecter to be in love with her and she didn't like it so they cast Julianne Moore then they changed it but Anthony Hopkins is still Lecter and he's still doing Lecter things so excellent movies yeah it's a whole world. I feel like we don't get, like, I feel like this movie inspired, like you said, X-Files, um, Scully, but also, like, we don't get TV shows, like, these crime TV shows that are so popular now, like, SVU, Special mm-hmm. Vic, like, Benson character, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Benson character. Absolutely. I feel Olivia like Benson. we don't, we don't get this true crime obsession that is just you know it's just everywhere now is the mm-hmm. true crime obsession i think silence of the lambs kind of helped usher in uh, oh yeah crime procedurals that. for sure crime procedurals for yes. sure mm-hmm. and do i eat them up 100 <laughs> percent. i am not yes. embarrassed by that nope you shouldn't be <laughs> no. but you know I, I i am obsessed with crime procedurals i love them i love you know criminal minds all that kind of stuff and this just it did kind of open the doors into that and for sure i mean oh. of course you know you had like 
Hitchcock that kind of started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you can you can kind of see the line mm-hmm. through, you know, like from Absolutely. Hitchcock to, to this movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Shelley? I don't think so. I don't think no? so. You know, I'm going to have to cap myself here because we could go okay. on. I know. But I want to hear about your pick. What did you, you know. pick for this week? Okay. My pick for this week was a little movie called A League of Their Own. You ever I heard of it? I love A League of Their Own. <laughs> okay. I loved it. If you have not seen A League of Their Own, what are you doing with your life? Pause this. Go watch A League of Their Own. We are going to shame you into watching movies we want you to see. There you go. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Go watch it. You're going to have a great time. Um, Come back and you can listen to this podcast. Again, there's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about it. But, okay. So, Penny Marshall, little lady called Penny Marshall. I love Penny. Penny's um, a legend. She's a legend in her own. I mean, the late great. We lost her a couple of years ago too. She passed away along mm-hmm. with her brother Gary Marshall, who's also in this movie, and he was a director. I, he's in every movie well. that she was in. He I is. feel like, yeah, and they just were a great comedy pair. They were a great pair. They really kind of kept it in the family. I feel like because you know Penny started. Unlike some of the TV shows, like The Odd Couple, Laverne and Shirley, mm-hmm. which I remember watching as a kid, mm-hmm. cracking up. I mean, that, that show was so good. Penny Marshall played Laverne. Um, she acted for a little bit, but she started directing. So, like, she did films like Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi. Of course, Big is another movie. Another Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yes. We got a lot of Tom Hanks. Um, Jonathan Dem also worked with Tom Hanks a lot too. Just great yeah. character. Yep. Uh, she did like Awakenings with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito, Preacher's Wife with uh, Whitney, Whitney and Denzel. Another Denzel. Oh my God, that movie! Mm-hmm. If you're not That's in the a 90s, great you don't know movie. what movie we're talking about, but it was a good movie. And At Christmas time, you should watch it and cry, but yes. listen to Whitney sing that song over and over again. Oh, I know. I will never get over Whitney Houston. No, I don't think. Whitney I don't Houston's think we can. Death. I don't think Mm-mm. we can. Nope. And then another movie that I I loved with Drew was Riding in Cars with Boys. Mm. Oh, that was a great one. So she's had a she had a good wonderful long great career it was uh-huh. just uh-huh. a trail break trail blazer yeah she was definitely a um, trailblazer she was and this movie came out in 1992 um summertime of 92 i think it grossed about 132 million so that was mm. pretty good too uh-huh. i don't think it was like first place at the box office when it yeah. opened but over time i think it it's made its money and i think it lives on for sure absolutely um, let's see. Screenplay. We've got a comedy duo of Lao Gantz and Babalu. I love that name. Babalu, Babalu. Mandel. Babalu. Yeah, that's a cool name. Who, I mean, we can wrap, I mean, this kind, they all connect too because they worked on shows like Happy Days, Odd Couple, Laverne and Shirley. So, again, wrote movies stellar like, comedies. Yes. And you can definitely, I mean, this movie is funny. 
This is yeah. a very funny it's, it's, movie. It's got heart, but it's funny. It does have heart. Yes. Um, okay, let's get into the cast just a little bit. This has a, a very big cast, so I'm going to read through the cast here. Okay, you got Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Lori Petty, Madonna. She was probably the biggest star in the world at this at this time. I mean, she, the biggest pop star, biggest star in the world. She was like the Lady Gaga of our generation, I feel like. Yes, she was. Yeah. And I, you know, she had done a couple of movies at this point. Like, what was that? Suddenly Seeking Susan in the mm -hmm. 80s and Dick Tracy. I think oh, yeah, she, she made did Dick the, Tracy. Yeah. God, that movie was amazing. Yeah. Um. Rosie O'Donnell, who mm -hmm. Rosie also is just this trailblazer too. Like she started out in stand up, uh, made daytime a ton TV. of movies. Yes, and then she did a talk show before Ellen did a mm -hmm. daytime talk show, mm -hmm. which I rushed home always to watch. Rosie, Koosh balls. The Rosie O'Donnell. She loved show. the Koosh balls. She did. I even had Rosie's Barbie doll from her teeth. Like I bought it. That is so cool. <laughs> the Barbie doll. From her talk show. I love it and so much. my parents didn't know I was gay. Come on now. Um, it was the 90s and we were in West Texas. Yes, there you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, other names. Megan Cavanaugh, Anne Ramsey, Anne Cusack, David Strait Stratham. I can never say his name, last name right. Gary Marshall is in it. So, so. Big cast, big, yeah. big cast. Like blockbuster type cast. Yes. I mean, to have like Tom Hanks in the movie too, I think I was reading like some reviews from back in the day. And of course he was top build, you know, he mm -hmm. was the, him and Gina Davis for sure were the top mm -hmm. build ones. Yeah. Like the draw. Come Absolutely. watch Tom Hanks. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So a little bit about this movie. And we'll go through what this movie is about. Is so this takes place in World War II. I think mm -hmm. it's around 1942 or 43 that this movie takes place. Um, if you remember your history, which we all learned this stuff, but mm -hmm. during this time the men folk went off to war. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they left the country, and. You know, in every aspect of everyday life, as in manufacturing, mm -hmm. business world, um, sports world, as we know, um, women were called out of the kitchen to go fill these positions, right? Gasp. But yes. Gasp. Also. Get yes. out of the kitchen. Because also, it was just a different time, right? I mean, mm -hmm. women stayed mm -hmm. home. They had babies. And it was cooked, a different time. And they cleaned. Mm -hmm. And they did it in their little nice dress, like their dresses and, dr and high heels. I don't ever look that good, even when I dress up. Never. So I just, yeah, they, they amaze me. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, Harvey in this movie played by Gary Marshall, um, Mr. Harvey, who owns like chocolate bars. He's like he's a like millionaire. Mr. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So he's don't like, well, we Hershey, have to please. keep. What? I told her oh, she not to <laughs> Okay. You didn't say that name. <laughs> um, so he wants to keep the league professional baseball going. So, of course, he starts and he gets a scout played by the funny, um, yeah, that's his name. John you know Lovitz. his name. 
John Lovett. John yeah, Lovett. Played the scout. Yes. So he goes around the country. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. That line he tells the cow, will you shut up to the cow? It still makes Mm -hmm. me laugh. I don't care how old I am. He has some great, great one-liners in this movie. Um, So he goes and he scouts. He goes to all the small towns in America, all the little women playing softball in their communities. And he scouts two sisters. Kit and Dottie, and the Kit is played by Lori Petty, and Gina Davis is mm-hmm. Dottie. And as we see very early on, they have a very competitive big mm-hmm. sister, little sister relationship. Yes. And Kit is very clear, and you see in this first little game that they have that Dot is telling Kit, you know, lay off the high ones. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I like, I like the, the high, high ones. ones. Um, she does it she strikes out you know and then dot comes up to bat and she gets a homer and she saves the game and so we immediately know that she's living under her sister's shadow you know mm-hmm. if gina davis was my big sister i think i would feel very very inadequate most minutes of my life she Just reminds saying. me of katherine hepburn and yes. the way she carries herself, she's very glamorous. She has wonderful posture. Mm. She looks like wonderful a statue, and she's just she like absolutely gorgeous and smart. And she's yes. she's also talented at baseball. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Kit, I, yeah. Get, I, I get, get it. I get it, Kit too. I do too. I get it. Yeah. So they they he scouts more. We we meet Marla Hooch, and there's mm-hmm. that famous line where her dad. Tells the scout, you know, if he, if if she was a boy, I would be talking to the Yankees mm-hmm. right now, you know. Exactly. Um, so the scouts and we we meet these people and we meet them at Wrigley Field in this great opening scene with all the women that are just out there trying out, and that's when we meet Madonna's character and Rosie's character. Um, also, a famous scene with the one hand catch that Rosie oh throws. To, yeah, can I just say that was my favorite scene as a kid. We, I was yeah. in softball, mm-hmm. um, Lee Nigel softball mugs. Thank you, and I, that was the most inspirational scene I've ever seen in my life. I was like, she is so badass. She yes. catch that ball with her hands, and she just shut them up. She sure did. Still, yeah, I mean, did. just amazing. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. And there's so many great uh, just baseball, just playing baseball scenes in this movie. But so pretty much from then on, you know, they pick the teams and we meet the cast. We meet the players. We we really stick with the racing, not racing, the peaches. Peaches. The peaches. Uh, we meet them. We see a lot of games to start with, and they're you know people are not showing up, and if they're showing up to watch them, they're there to make fun of them, mm-hmm. pretty much to just say you know girls girls can't play ball. That's that was said several times in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention know, the wardrobe. It, I mean the, the wardrobe, the, the skirts the, that they have. The um, and those that was accurate, correct? Yes, that yes. was period, like period specific and very accurate to what they actually wore. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because as we see in the movie too, that that great clip of the 
the news announcer lady and you have the montage oh. of the girls uh-huh. playing, you know, like a newsreel. Yes. And you hear the, the announcer girl just tell you how scandalous this is and like what is happening to our country that women are getting out of the kitchen and they're becoming masculine. They uh-huh. are going to play sports that is for that is for men. So they and really our family, had to our family values yes. are at stake. Because family women are playing are baseball. <laughs> yes. But I mean yes. we laugh now, but it That's how it was. There yes. Yes. That's what it was. And so they had to put the girls through charm school, beauty school, you One know, just to make sure. Yes. Just to make sure that they were still women. They were still women. Ladies. And they were doing womenly duties, right? Yes. They made sure to show that to you. Yes. You know, she can catch a fly ball, but look at her making that tea, you know. That and we call her Betty Spaghetti. Spaghetti, Betty Spaghetti. Yes. Um, oh, I loved it. So as as the story progresses, it gets more popular and popular. Mr. Lowenstein, played by David Strathen, uh-huh. um, is the guy in charge of, of keeping the league going and getting it more popular. And we see it eventually does. Uh-huh. And there's more people in the stands after each game. And the girls are just playing their hearts out, you know, on those – I love all the bus scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, the night, you know, they're traveling at night, going to double headers yeah. during the day. Um, then we kind of get to, we kind of get more of the sister dynamic, and Kit's still feeling really um, just in, in Dot Shadow because Dot is mm-hmm. now just the best player of the league, and she's mm-hmm. just made all these incredible plays. And, so a trade ends up happening. They get in a fight. So Kit goes and plays for the, the enemy, the Racine. Um, and we end up at a World Series finale. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being a tied 3-3 three to three World Series. And so it's that final game um, in the movie. And that final game, I think, is just one of the best sports sequences in mm-hmm. all of movies. It's so I mean, good. I think it truly is. Truly is. It really is. <laughs> Like, uh, it's, um, this is what I also appreciate about 90s movies is they actually filmed this movie in a stadium and they actually had human beings fill the stadium. It wasn't CGI. They, it wasn't CGI that looked like <laughs> crap. Like there was actual, it it's actual, and they were playing an actual game. And I love how the, that final is shot. And this leads to um, that that final scene where they're tied. Uh-huh. Gina Davis, Dot's character, calls back to that first Gina's game. The, the catcher. She's right? the catcher, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kit comes up to bat. It's on her to win this game. Kit comes up to bat. Dot does a timeout she goes to the pitcher ellen sue and says she can't shoot high fastball she can't hit him she she'll try it every time she can't hit him and so that's what happens you get one strike two strikes she swings she misses that Mm -hmm. third pitch she actually hits it and it goes out into the ballpark and evelyn who 
earlier in the movie just cannot throw that ball into the right place. <laughs> she just doesn't. She's directionally she challenged. Yeah. And she just, bless her. Bless her heart. But bless she did it. She heart. threw it in. So she throws it in. I think two throws in to um, Dottie, who's right in there waiting right there at home plate. Mm-hmm. And Kit comes charging in. She's charging in. The, the, the coach is like, don't go, Kit. And she just keeps charging, charging, charging. Third base, rounding that base, and boom, smacks right into her sister. And then the ump calls it safe, but Gina Davis is falling, and there's that famous shot of the hand and the ball, and it just goes boom, oh, like drops out. And so she's safe, and, she, and Kit wins the game, like wins the game. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we can discuss that in, in a little bit. But, you know, in the beginning of the movie, they show the older characters at the beginning because she's going to a reunion. And then it goes mm-hmm. into the flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, yeah. Their time playing. And then at the end of the movie, um, they're opening up a museum in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and they're finally getting recognized mm-hmm. like the women that played during these years. And I think they played for, like, six seasons, really. Not yeah. a lot of people know that. Yeah, they played for a little um, bit. They did. And so they're they're there to memorialize the, the women that, that played in the league. And so it's just very touching at the end when they're all there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the movie. Like, that's the movie. And it's a great movie. It's a great sports movie, like I said. <sighs> that was Gosh, a good, that was a really good synopsis. That Thank was, you. that was great. <laughs> I, I want to know, did you see this in the theater? Um, yes. I think it was a family friendly, like, yeah, this was a family, like, yeah, was was, a family I mean, friendly had, movie. Pretty it, much it had Tom Hanks. Little... Yes. I mean, but it was like, it was PG. Yeah, right. It was PG. It was PG. Yeah, we there's could not a lie. I mean, there's some jokes that went over my head when I was a kid. You know, right? I was yeah. nine when this came out. Yeah, and um, I feel like I don't think I mentioned Tom Hanks was Tom Hanks was hired. He was a former baseball player that kind of gave his career away to drinking, and he was very good and he was very popular. But he just couldn't handle handle the booze. He's pretty much a down and out drunk when we mm-hmm. meet him mm-hmm. and so mr harvey gives him a job to to coach the girls the professional team and he i guess he hesitates at first but he i think he just needs some money yeah <laughs> he needs a job well, you gotta buy you gotta, <laughs> you gotta buy his booze keep it going <laughs> yes um he couldn't care i mean he was drunk most games in the beginning and he just was passed out in most of them. So the girls coached themselves, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get a scene where he's finally kind of alert and awake and doesn't like a, a call that Gina Davis's dot is making. And so you get that great scene where they're doing like I a sign off scene. pretty much. Yeah. It was so doing cool. Sign off. It was. And I think in that moment he realized what he had and let these girls can play. Mm-hmm. And he should be involved. And so you kind of, you see a shift in his character after that. Right. After that scene. Yeah. Right. I just, and poor Marla's just hopping on and off the. 
on and off the base. Like, yeah, what do like, I uh, do? Yeah, no, yes, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. What What do you think? What do you think stole the show in this one? Mm. What do I think? Or who do I think? Or both? I think what or who. You know what? Let's do both. This is our podcast. Okay. We can do what we want. Well, what stole the show is the fact that all the actors, I think, um, really played their own baseball. Sometimes they would have stand-ins, but mm-hmm. for the most part, like Penny's audition process was to see if they could just catch a ball, if they could bat, if they could run a base. Like they had to I think prove amazing. that they could play. I think it was yes. amazing that Madonna was out there playing baseball. Yes. <laughs> just like, Me too. And I don't, she wasn't a slouch, right? She was. No. Like, by all accounts, and from what I've read, the cast said that, you know, they were all like, how's Madonna going to be on set? You know, like, we don't want to have, like, a big star diva is going to, like, travel Mm -hmm. in her entourage. And how's that going to be for the set? Right. And all of them said that she was the hardest worker. She'd show up early. She'd practice. She really wanted to be authentic. Mm-hmm. playing and like that's you know there's a scene where she's like diving in for third base mm-hmm. sliding in that is her sliding in that yeah. is not a double that is actually like some nasty strawberries in. on your on your legs yes <laughs> Do you remember if you're that? wearing a skirt <laughs> oh my gosh i can't remember which character in the movie but there's that shot where they're icing her bruise mm-hmm. on her thigh mm-hmm. and you see that huge mm-hmm. bruise yeah that was real that was an actual oh bruise. my god like these women, you could see all the scrapes and cuts and stuff. That's great. I mean, not yeah. that she got the bruise. I'm glad she got that shot. Could I say that? I know. Let me clarify. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, great for getting yeah. the bruise. Take one for the team. But <laughs> That's right. So I just think that that was incredible. And I, I don't think up until that point, we hadn't seen a movie. Like us girls growing up, we had not, we had not seen a movie where it was about women Starring women, made by a woman, and they were out there playing sports, getting dirty, mm-hmm. and doing it just as good as the guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and so. just really, and having this, you know, major impact of the time, and major. helping entertain people. And yes. I think, I think one of the saddest things is that it didn't keep going because they had to go back to their homes. It's like women couldn't have that outlet you know they couldn't right. have that and that's that's sad to me um <sighs> yeah there's that one line from um the kid you know that's um, still well angel still still angel still well angel <laughs> and you meet him as an older guy at the museum right oh i love that one and he's still wearing his bow you tie. meet him i know and he says he tells um dots dot older dot that you know, my mom, because she had passed away, so he was there for her. Mm-hmm. And he says this line, like, my mom always told me that this was the greatest, funnest time of her life. Mm-hmm. Like, this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this movie. Is, I love movies that capture a moment in people's lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you feel that nostalgia at the end of the movie when they're just going through all the, all the um, well, the Madonna song is playing because she used to oh be in the playground such a good song but you see all the pictures of them playing and you feel that like oh 
like that nostalgia, bittersweet mm-hmm. feeling while watching mm-hmm. the movie because you know that this moment in this year for these women was their most memorable, their greatest, their happiest mm-hmm. because they were doing something for them and what they mm-hmm. love to do. Well, and they, you know, we talk a lot about all the people we lost in World War II, which mm-hmm. they're, that was major, obviously. Mm-hmm. And while they were out fighting and, you know, yes. doing that hard work, women were home doing hard work too. It just exactly. was different hard work. Mm-hmm. And to see that, you know, there were pieces like this that really showcased a different point of view, a different light of that era is right. really cool, I mm-hmm. think. Me too. And it's it was a, a story that needed to be told. And I, I also, I'm, I'm a big, I'm very passionate about telling women's stories that have been mm-hmm. lost to history. Right. Um, right. So. What do you um, think was the funniest, scariest? What was, what's your favorite scene? Oh, my gosh. How can I pick one? Oh, I think, I mean, this movie just. It's scene after scene that's just memorable. But I think my favorite sequence of events is they're on the bus. Steelwell Angel is causing havoc on the bus, and the bus driver quits. <laughs> he, like, storms off. I love off. it so much. And then Miss, what is her name? She's, like, the girl's. I can't, like, the, the charm school the teacher. lady. Yeah, she's on the like bus. The she goes after. Yeah. She goes after the bus driver. I don't know why this. Anyway, so there's that. But then the girls are all planning um, to go to the Suds Bucket um, that night. Uh, And then so that cuts to all of them at the Suds Bucket. And you get Madonna doing, like, awesome Madonna Mm -hmm. dancing. You get her doing the swing dancing. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, her scene dance partner was a guy in Laverne and Shirley and I can't remember his name but he That's was in Laverne crazy. and Shirley he was a he played a dancer in Laverne and Shirley All the connections. he was Shirley's um boyfriend ah, anyways somebody out there knows so you can write us what his character name was in Laverne and Shirley anyway so Madonna's dancing I love that scene um, and then Marla's just drunk up there singing to her new love, Nelson. It had to be you. Nelson. That, had that to be was, you. I think, my favorite scene. <laughs> yes. singing to Nelson because he is so, if he, you know, he reminds me of those cartoon characters that have the hard eyes and they're just like, uh-huh. they're just like floating up to the girl that they're in love with. That was yes. Nelson in that yes. moment with Marla. And I Definitely. love that it was Marla Hooch that he was in love with. It was just like. Yes. Yes, the get one. It, Marla. Get it, Marla. Get and it, she, Marla. She did. They Sing married and out. she left. She did. Yeah. Yep. Um. Gosh, I love that scene. I love the like the final game to me is just so it is filmed so good. You get the music in the background that just adds the suspense. Um to the game like you've really as an audience it's like you're just watching this great game um and it's it's so great it's so wonderful which leads me to the question yeah do do you think that dot dropped the ball on purpose or do you think kit hit her that hard that she dropped it my honest opinion 
and perhaps I romanticize things, but I really think that she dropped the ball on purpose. She was there. She was like, at first she wanted to beat Kit because Kit was a little brat. And I relate Action. to Kit because yeah. Kit, mm -hmm. I, I, I get Kit, but <laughs> yes, headstrong. <laughs> but, you know, she was being a brat and mm -hmm. Dina Davis was like, you know what? I'm going to put you in your place. Picture the highballs. Yeah. But I feel like when she saw how much she wanted it and how hard she'd worked for it and she was willing to just mow her over and plus she was leaving, you know, Dot was leaving. Yeah. She knew what mm -hmm. she was doing. She, she was, I feel like she may have just like realized in that moment the importance it had for Kit. Right. And I feel like she dropped the ball on purpose. That's my, that's, that's my your... take on it. <laughs> See, I wish I had a, a thoughtful response to this, but I go back and forth on it. Some, some days I, yes, I do randomly think about this movie sometimes. I get it. And I think to myself, Maybe I don't think she dropped it on purpose. Maybe Kit really hit her that hard that she dropped it on purpose. I mean, like, she was it, coming it at her dropped. full speed. Full she, speed. Yes. Yeah. Which also was one of my uh, favorite things. Because softball, yes. when I played softball, it didn't get that mm -hmm. that hairy. I got out before it did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and bye. Yeah. So, you know, that would lead to Kit doing that on her own. But if if... Dot drops the ball, then yet again, you've got Dot controlling what happens to Kit. So, I don't know. And then, like, I just feel like read... it was a gesture of, she needs this Here one. Here you go, Kit. Yeah. She Here needs you go, this. Kit. And Kit mm -hmm. doesn't know. It doesn't matter. Mm -mm. If Dot did no. it for her purposes, Dot did it for her purposes. Yeah. Kit doesn't need to know. She's happy and so is Dot because she can go home and make babies with Bill Pullman and yes. it's all great. And yeah. Bill Pullman, looking suave with that cane. <laughs> can I just yes. say? Mm -hmm. The young Bill. Okay. The young Bill. He was. He had his moments in he the did. 90s. He was, he did. He was in a lot of stuff. He was in Independence yeah. Day. Oh, yes. The famous it was the president. president. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I, I don't have an answer. If y'all have a theory on it, all of you 10 listeners, tell me your theory. You know what? We're going to do a poll. We're going to do a poll mm -hmm. on Spotify and you can, you can tell us what you think. We're going to, the poll is she going to be, the ball on purpose. do you think she dropped the ball on purpose? Yes or no? If you don't know what we are talking about, maybe go watch the movie. Watch the movie. Go at least watch, watch the clip of this part on YouTube. Yes. And listen to the Madonna song, This Used to Be My Playground. Because if you want to be Great thrown song. back to 1992, if you want to be picked up out of mm -hmm. where you are and just ripped back into 1992, that song will put you there. Yes, any Madonna, will. any old Madonna song will put you there. But that Love one especially. It. Yes. That one especially. I, I think this is Madonna's best, greatest role. Like, she was so good as All the Way May. All the Way May. Um, in this movie. That's so good. Was there yeah. anything that you don't think aged well about this movie? Well, let's see. So we can get into the, the you know, they didn't portray any of the gay girls, which, let's mm -hmm. face it, gay girls play softball. And they did back in 1943. They just had yeah, to hide it. with some. Yeah, I think I think it's a. I mean, it's a fairly 
common thing, but uh, so, and, and I think in 1992, Penny did what she could, but I, I just, I have a feeling that the studio probably would not let that storyline be in. Mm-hmm. I think I, I read a interview with Rosie who said that she, she would try to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this scene so butch right now, you know, I'm going to butch it up and Penny would cut. She'd be like, Rosie, we can't do that. Rosie. Uh, yes. <laughs> So, I it mean, it just sounds like Rosie O'Donnell, like, I'm gonna be yes. as butch as I can be. Yeah, we're about to see a butch. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yes. Um, so I just, I think that, I think if it was, well, okay, so they, they made the TV show, and if, if you like A League of Their Own, the TV show on Amazon Prime is great, it's wonderful. It mm-hmm. does tell the stories of the women of color that were left out of the league mm-hmm. and also the gay girls and, and mm-hmm. what they faced at the time and how they had to kind yeah. of hide um, their identity. So um, in, in the movie, I, I love the scene. I don't, I think it actually ages well, I think mm-hmm. again for the time of the movie and w- when it was filmed um, that one scene where you see all the, the people of color out there and the, mm-hmm. they're in the back, like right field, the ball goes out there and Dot tells him to throw throw me the ball. Mm-hmm. And this uh, black woman throws it, but she just chunks it to home plate. She, you know? she throws it straight to home. And she's got an straight arm Straight to home. And she hurt Ellen Sue, who caught uh-huh. the ball. She was like, ow. You know? Uh-huh. And then there's just, just that look on that, that woman's face to Dot. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can play. Mm-hmm. I can play just as good or better than you can. Mm-hmm. But. Because but I, I can't. Am, I, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. And I think so, that was. A, I agree. Yeah. I think that was a really good moment to stop mm-hmm. and pause and say, "Hey, there's a whole section of people. Yeah. There's a whole lot of sections of people mm-hmm. we can't represent." Right. But here's a moment yeah. for that. Yeah, I think that was a very good moment, um, mm-hmm. and I loved I the way too. it was played out. It was great. Yeah, me too. And then I think you know, like some. Of the- <laughs> Like Marla leaving to get married, mm-hmm. fine, wonderful, that's your choice. And then like Gina <laughs> Davis's character just kind of sneaks out. She tries to sneak like out. I don't like that she was just dipping. She was gonna like, sneak out. Gonna sneak out because like, everybody's Bob getting back. on the bus. They're going to their game, and yeah. I'm just gonna head on out, not say anything yeah. to Jimmy. <laughs> like, I'm going home to to Bob. We're gonna make babies. Forget this. Well, no, Jimmy calls that out pretty quick. You love this too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much calls her out on that. But, anyways, I, I think for the most part, the movie ages pretty well. There's just you know a couple of things that I think I think it's good to talk about these things, like especially mm-hmm. with older movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sometimes you just can't fault them, like Silence of the Lamb, sometimes, and just the time in which these movies were made and um. Maybe what the studio would let them do, not do the language mm-hmm. that we had at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to remember that yeah. when we talk about movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and it's, there's my spiel. That was a really good movie, though. What was your okay? Last thing. What role did you okay. did you identify with mm-hmm. the most? Oh gosh. Okay, low key. I identified with Rosie's carries character doris and i wonder why why now but i just i mean hello 
<laughs> Why did you identify with a door? I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Love it. I mean, at the time, I had no clue, but you were like, oh, this lady is really funny. I like her. (laughs) I don't know why, but I feel a vibe. Yes. Just a little vibe coming off my (laughs) screen. Yes. (laughs) I get it. I got it. I, yeah. It just. But Kit to me was relatable too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just kind of the younger sibling growing Mm -hmm. up in the shadow of your older siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that was relatable to me too. Yeah. Absolutely. You're taller, yeah. older siblings. I get that. Um, Very tall. <laughs> your brothers are so tall. Um, <laughs> what do you think about my movie? Did you like Silence of the Lambs? Ooh. Um, yes. I very much like Silence of the Lambs. This is not a not a movie that I would... <sighs> I don't know what I'm trying to choose to watch it. You wouldn't be on a Friday night like, I'm going to cuddle up and watch Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) I get it. Most people aren't. (laughs) But having watched it again, um, I've seen it a few times. And each time it amazes me because it is just so well done. It is so smart. Uh Uh, Jodie Foster is one of my favorites, too. (laughs) I wonder why. Oh, that is why? true. She's, um, she's, she's amazing. She's so talented. She's amazing. And this role was so iconic. And I think it did a lot for women's um, empowerment on screen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. wonderful pick. Wonderful, wonderful movie. Pick. You wouldn't yep. watch it by yourself, maybe hanging out with a glass of wine. Probably not. I'd have to have, uh, you know, my peeps around me. I get it. My my little crew here. I get it. I get um, it. And it's it's so good. It's so well done. So, what did you think of uh, League of Their Own rewatching it? Rewatching it, I haven't seen mm-hmm. it in probably twenty years. So, rewatching it was really really great because so many things had gone over my head as a kid. I didn't mm-hmm. realize certain things. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> duh. <laughs> You know, yes, and it just it still holds. It still holds. You still get the same mm-hmm. chill bumps in the same scenes because you know some movies I go back and watch. I'm like, oh, that's a little cheesy, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah, this one, it, no, it's still really good. No, I still it's really like, good. I still yeah. can sing that all the words to the song at the end. It still mm-hmm. made me tear up when Betty Sp- Betty Spaghetti found out her husband. Oh my god! When Tom Hanks was peeing for eight years straight that still yes. makes me laugh it's still just a great movie and i i still love the great. scene where she catches the ball with her bare hand it's still oh impressive gosh, yes. gina davis you're amazing gina davis oh do you remember that one scene where she's uh sorry we need to wrap this up anyway she does the splits and catches the ball she actually yes. did the splits and caught the ball because like, that davis. was her that yeah. doesn't surprise me one bit she's yeah. amazing she is well, <sighs> okay, guys, we could go on and we just we we really appreciate you spending the last hour and uh, 20-ish minutes with us. We yeah. promise they're not always going to be this long, but you know, this is our, this is our premiere, our flagship episode. Yeah. We, the first one. We're getting this down. We're getting this down. So we're getting bear down. with us. Yeah. Be, be patient with us. You know, we'll probably have some sound issues we'll figure out. Um, Maybe. Hope not. Maybe. You know, if, if these weren't your picks for movies... We are going to cover all sorts of genres um, mm-hmm. because we watch mostly everything. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. 
um, yeah, and we we just like talking about it. So if you have any suggestions for us, you know, you, the best way to go is to go to www.whatshewatchingpod.com and you can mm-hmm. find where to listen, where to follow, where to like, please like, please rate us. Please, um, please follow. You can also email us at whatshewatchingpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And um, next Be nice. week. Yeah. Yes, please keep it friendly. As I will tell mm-hmm. my students, please, if you don't want it said to be you. a jerk. Um, next week, what are you going to cover, Andra? I think I'm going to do a little film called Clueless. Clueless. With Alicia. We're the kids in America. So good. So good. Great choice. And I, I would also like to say that we're not right. always going to do 90 movies, 90s movies. No, but it's just the first. We're talking first about few. films that really made us so you know um mm-hmm. clueless excellent choice i'm what going are to be you? covering yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna cover um the big lebowski um great one if anybody knows i'm excited me, to I rewatch it way too much yes yep. yes i think we should drink some uh white russians while we record okay um, all right let's do it in honor of the dude and if you're the listening dude. pour yourself one next week too there you go <laughs> So. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate your support. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.